0: It's really interesting. And of course, it's been a number of years since I was in the crime scene unit. But I would say when you're working with police officers and and crime scene personnel, the majority of people have faith because I don't know how you could see that every day and not. And of course, that might have changed, right? That was, you know, 20 years ago. Uh, So things could be different now. But I just know when I was there, I would say the majority of the people had some kind of faith in God. And there was prayer. Because of what you see, A, a lot of people look for that for hope.
1: Hey, and welcome to Zero Compromise, helping you stand for truth in a world that falls for lies. I'm Patricia Angler here at the Creation Museum, joined by Jessica Jorski, a.k.a. JJ. Hello. And Rocket Rob Webb. What's up, guys? And we have such a cool person we get to talk to today. So what's going on, JJ. We're talking to Dr. Jennifer Hall-Rivera. She is the Director
2: of Educational Programs here at Answers in Genesis, as well as a forensic science expert. So we're extremely excited. She has a wonderful story about how she came to Answers in Genesis, and we're really looking forward to the conversation.
3: Yeah, we're going to hear some awesome testimonies, some stories from Dr. Rivera here, but let's go ahead and start off with just saying a little bit more about who you are and what you do here at the ministry.
0: Yeah, so I'm the Director of Educational Programs, and basically that means I oversee all the educational programs that we do have here at the Creation Museum, as well as at the Ark Encounter. Uh, That involves our high school labs, our daily programs, our kids' programs, uh, summer camp, which we're in the middle of right now. Just had our forensic science camp last week, so that was pretty awesome. Uh, So I always say I'm not coming to work because I love what I do so much, and we just have so much fun uh, in education.
3: So rumor has it, you have a pretty awesome story of how you came to the ministry. Let's go ahead and start with that.
0: Well, it probably starts about, you know, the museums, we're in our 17th year right now. So it had to be about 16 years ago uh, when we would bring our family here to the Creation Museum. And my four daughters were very young then, and we would come visit. And I'd be like, wow, you know, this is such an amazing place. and But there would only be like one program during the day when we were here. And for so many years, it was Dr. David Menton and... We would see his program and I'd be like, well, I could see they have two classrooms, but you know, there's not, there's not very much going on. I just saw so much potential, but, and at that time I was teaching high school science and had, you know, I was educator of the year one year and, and I, you know, had all these great ideas and things I knew we could do, but I said, I don't have the level of education uh, for them to really take a serious look at me. So I went back to school, (laughs) went and got my master's, uh, got my education specialist, got into the PhD program. And uh, at that point, I had been speaking and I had some things published in forensic science. And I really just, the Lord just literally just told me one day, it's time. So I got a presentation together. I got my curriculum V-Day together and we packaged it up. And literally my daughters and I, we put our hands on it. We prayed over it and we mailed it in. And I waited. <laughs> I didn't hear anything. There was no position, and, right? You just there was this, no yeah. there was no position open on their website. I just sent it in, and it was a couple months. And I get a letter in the mail, not an email, but like an old fashioned, looked like it was typed letter from Answers in Genesis. And the entire letter like starts out, "Oh, we get you know." thank you for your information. You know, we get thousands of requests like this every year and, you know, for people wanting to come speak here and and teach here. And Mark Loy, who's one of our original founders, Mm -hmm. and I was like, this is totally a rejection letter. Like, it seemed like it was. And then the very last paragraph on this letter was, well, we want to talk to you further. So I was like, wow, right? So I Mm -hmm. sent him a letter back because he had sent me a mail letter. I sent him a, ma- a letter back, and I just said, you know, when would you like to talk again? Because there really wasn't anything in there, and, and I he found I was coming to our Answers for Teachers conference, which was an educator, educator conference we used to have back then. And we had lunch while I was up here, and, and then immediately after we spoke, he took me to meet Dr. Georgia Purdom and Brian Osborne, and I, I can't, maybe, it might have been Dr. Tommy Mitchell at the time. In terms of
3: timeline, what year was this again? This because- had
0: to be... 2015.
3: Okay, yeah.
0: I think it was 2015.
3: So eight eight years ago. It
0: was a while, yeah. right? And so then, because I've been here six years, so it was right about 2015. And I was said, like, well, that's a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got to meet you know some of the some of their speakers and was introduced to them. Uh, and so then, just through a process of coming, you know, coming to meet them, and then the arc opened, and and he said to make sure I said hi while I was up here because our family are lifetime members. We were at the arc opening went and said hi to him. And then sure enough, I get a letter from him saying that uh, they're ready for me to come do a presentation. So I can tell you, it was far more stressful and nerve wracking for me <laughs> to come do that presentation in front of the Aij speakers and staff uh, than it was for me to defend my dissertation. <laughs> oh, wow! Because <laughs> so, I think I just hmm. wanted it so badly. You know, I was just so much felt like this is where I need to be. And so I did that presentation and then it was, that was in February. It was, uh, I think it was during the Answers for Teachers conference again. And so I came and gave that presentation. And then I got a call in April from Dr. Georgia Partham And she said, we're ready for you to come as Sweet. soon as you can get here. She goes, we've created a brand new position for you. Wow. Uh, and as soon as you can get here, we want you to come. And I was like, I literally just finished teaching that that day at school. And I was in the car with my girls. And she called me and she was excited. And I was excited. And I was like, we're moving to Kentucky. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I'm like, we've got a pack. We're, we're moving in a couple months. So, yeah, yeah. it you, was uh, very exciting.
2: You've really started some amazing educational programs here at the ministry. And so, can you talk a little bit more about what you do with the educational programs, the importance of them, how we teach them from a biblical worldview? I'm blessed to be a part of them. They're absolutely phenomenal.
0: Yeah. So, you know, even when I was teaching in the classroom, at the foundation of everything I did was, you know, we have to show that. Science confirms the Bible, and that you know God's word is biblical authority, and it should be, and I mean just interwoven into everything that we do, in every program we have here, regardless of whether it's drones, or you know environmental science, or biology, or chemistry, or forensic science. Every single discipline uh, directly confirms what we see in God's word, and we really like to make that so clear for kids and for the adults, right? Mm -hmm. Because we've started adult programs now. Uh, we like to show them that as well. And and they're having just as much fun as kids. Uh, But I think that's what is so important. And, And it was one of the primary reasons that I would not teach in public school.
1: Wow. So, I mean, you are a forensics expert. So I'm just curious to know, like, how did you get into forensics? What's kind of the story there? What were some of the experiences you had? I think our listeners would be really curious to know about that.
0: Well, my father was a forensic scientist, and he was a fingerprint expert as well. He was the he was the supervisor of Miami-Dade's police identification unit for 30 years until he retired. Uh, so well, I was young when my father started to bring home fingerprints, and he would start teaching me how to classify and identify fingerprints. And Of course, every time I had a science project, it has something to do with fingerprints or processing. I did a science project on lie detectors once, right? So (laughs) kind of every time it's all forensic science. Uh, Grew up with it. Uh, So it wasn't surprising. My first professional job uh, was then working in a crime scene unit in South Florida, uh, where I'm originally from, and uh, getting hundreds of hours of training in forensic science, FBI training, and fingerprints as well. Uh, And it's still, I have to say, my favorite program I do give here at the Creation Museum is the one on fingerprints. So I I love looking at fingerprints. We uh, just did this... Yesterday, uh, with our Explore Junior kids and teaching them, uh, you know, God's amazing fingerprint design and how each person is unique. Uh, And I think it's just a wonderful way to show that how intimately and personally uh, the creator of the universe wants to know us.
3: Yeah, I think there's even a talk about that on Interest TV, right? Talks about the fingerprints that you give in terms of that talk. Yes,
0: that one goes into how we're not the only creation from day six that has friction bridge skin and has fingerprints uh, animals uh, do have. That trait as well some animals and evolutionists like to say oh well that's evidence you know we've descended from a common ancestor but that is not the case right where you shouldn't uh, be afraid to talk about uh, similar design as we call it or homology because it's just you know what we say confirmation that we have a common creator god right and that's just yeah. one example that we see in friction rich skin and fingerprints
3: yeah. And so speaking of crime scenes, do you have any interesting stories, any kind of uh, fun kind of interactions you've had? In case we or...
1: make a mini series about you on Answers TV, <laughs> like what kind of plot lines yeah, can well... we get?
0: Well, I, I was more of a lab person. So I was in the lab. I have been out to a few crime scenes, uh, but my specialty was fingerprints. And so I would say, it's not like what you see on fiction crime scene shows. So when you work in a crime scene unit, you'd don't go to every crime scene and and that particular person's an expert in all 20 plus disciplines of forensic science. Uh, When you work in a crime scene unit, you kind of have your specialty and and you become certified in that specialty. So my specialty was dactyloscopy, which is the study of fingerprints. Uh, So most of my work was done inside the crime scene unit, you know, in that, you know, on site at the police department. But there was, I would say some interesting cases. And I say, one of the most profound things I remember working there was the day that, you know, some files are sealed, I guess you could say, for a number of years. And there was a very famous case where a young boy was abducted in South Florida, and his file was sealed for a long time. And it was Adam Walsh, and his father actually started the America Most Wanted TV show because of his son's abduction, but it was pretty fascinating um, when they s- released those files, and we were actually able to view the original crime scene photos and to take a look at that. And of course, all the media were there because it was such a historic moment. You know, when all this was finally released to the public. But um, you can just see, I always say, forensic science is there's a lot of sadness to it. You know, because it it's only necessary because we have sinned against the creator of the universe. It wasn't part of God's original design. Uh, You know, his creation was very good. Mm -hmm. And so forensic science is only necessary now because we brought sin into the world. And now there is death and there is suffering and there is crime. But, you know, he put those processes there for us so that we could then bring justice, right, to a broken world. And I just think it's a great example of God's mercy and love for us.
2: Did you notice a big difference being a believer working in those crime scene units? Was there was there a, a difference in worldview that you noticed among your other colleagues?
0: It's really interesting. And of course, it's been a number of years since I was in the crime scene unit. But I would say when you're working with police officers and, and crime scene personnel, the majority of people have faith because I don't know how you could see that every day and not. And of course, that might have changed, right? That was you know, 20 years ago. Uh, So things could be different now. But I just know when I was there, I would say the majority of the people had some kind of faith in God. And there was prayer because of what you see. A, A lot of people look for that for hope.
1: Um, I was going to ask, with historical science, that's something we talk about a lot here at the ministry, and forensics is basically like a historical science in the sense that you're looking at data in the present, and then you're using that to draw conclusions about the past, and I know you've written on that before for our website, so I was just wondering if you might be able to explain, maybe like using forensics as an example of what what historical science is, what it can do, what that means for creation science and evolution and that kind of thing, because you are uh, yeah, like a, a great voice to be able to speak to that issue.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so forensic science is very much a historical science, and uh, people always question, well, what do you mean that, what's historical science? What's that the difference from science? And most people, when you hear the word science, you associate that with what we call observational science, right, where we're using the scientific method, of course, which is only possible because we have an orderly God who created an orderly universe, and we can make predictions. But when we're looking at evidence from the past, like fossils... No one's there to date the fossil. No one was there to see something being fossilized. We have to make interpretations and assumptions and make a guess about to how old that fossil may be or the process that was involved in making that fossil. Well, it's very much like that with crime scene work. When when I used to go to a crime scene, I did not see that crime occur. Uh, So you're going to, you know, take, collect the evidence. You're going to process that evidence. You're going to use observational science. But all the analysis you get, you have to then apply it to something you didn't see. And you I would say most often see this reflected in the courtroom where, you know, you have attorneys presenting this evidence to a jury who did not see this crime occur. It's something in the past, unobservable in its original form. So that jury is going to hear that evidence, but based on their bias, based on their worldview, uh, they could come to two completely different conclusions. And we see this when we have like a hung jury, you know, where half the jury may say that, well, this suspect is guilty, and the other half says, well, they're not guilty. Uh, and that's just because... Well, we're looking at evidence from the past. And so based on someone's worldview, we're going to come to two completely different conclusions. And we see that with evidence like, you know, the Lucy fossil, where we clearly see uh, that from a creationist perspective and the fossil evidence that we see that, you know, she's nothing more than the extinct Afarensis, which is what we have her portrayed as here at the Creation Museum. But a secularist would say, oh, no, no, that's the transitional species, right? That's one of our early primate ancestors and we look at these forty-seven of the two hundred six bones and say that's what we see, right? But as biblical creationists who believe in the authority of God's word, we clearly see that no, it is nothing more than extinct primate. So, when any time we look at evidence from the past, uh, you are going to see that there is this conflict going on between what God's word says and what man's imperfect word says.
3: So, you are saying evidence doesn't speak for itself.
0: Not always. No, <laughs> it definitely does not.
3: <laughs> I always tell people if evidence starts speaking, you should probably run or <laughs> right. seek help because yes. it shouldn't be talking back to you. Yes. So that's always the number one thing that we yes. always get, right? It's like, why not just come to the evidence in an unbiased, neutral fashion? Let's just see which side has more evidence. But again, it's, you, you can't do that. Everyone has a worldview. You have to approach it based on your starting point. But I, I want to go back real quick in terms of your Christian background. Have you always been a Christian your, your whole life?
0: I must say not when I was born, right? Of course. <laughs> but but uh, I was raised in a Christian home. I'm very thankful for that. Uh, both my parents, um, you know, true biblical believers, believed in the authority of God's word, uh, was raised in a Christian school, uh, did go to a public school in my last couple years of high school. Um, never questioned. You know, I went to secular university. Uh, but never once questioned what the Bible said about creation. I knew evolution wasn't true. Uh, Didn't have the answers, because I will say my church and my school were deficient in not giving me those answers, as we see so reflected in many churches and schools today. Uh, But I've I've always tried to remember, what was the very first time I heard Ken Ham talk? But I will say um, it was that first time I saw a video of his, and I said, This is what I've been looking for, right? Here's all the answers that are going to help me defend the faith. Uh, So I'm just so thankful uh, for this ministry and definitely the impact that it's had in my life, Uh, you know, not only equipping myself, but my family as well. We, we
2: want to get resources into the hands of people to be able to equip them to have the answers for the hope that is in Christ. And speaking of resources, you wrote mm-hmm. an excellent book, mm-hmm. a textbook um, on forensic science from a biblical worldview. So can you talk a little bit more about
0: that? Yeah, so this is the very first forensic science textbook from a biblical worldview. There wasn't one out there, and I've been teaching forensic science for close to 10 years now. And the first question parents <sighs> always ask is, well, what textbook should I use? And I'll say with forensic science, it's, it's kind of, it's not in what we call an origins science, meaning there's really no talk of evolution in it. It's more about practice and procedure and, and crime scene work, but... There's so much you could say through a biblical worldview, because in the over 20 disciplines we see in forensic science, every single one confirms God's Word. So that's what this textbook does. It's not just throwing a Bible verse in there. Uh, It's actually interwoven um, from the very beginning, and the first couple chapters actually set the foundation on what is science, Uh, how do we look at this through the lens of God's Word, what does that word knowledge mean, where does knowledge come from, Uh, and then what is historical versus observational science? The book goes into that in detail, kind of setting that clear biblical world foundation for the students before they actually dive into the you know, individual disciplines. But through each one, through DNA, through hair analysis, through fingerprints and animal fingerprints, every single chapter is going to point them directly back uh, to what we see in God's Word with direct confirmation of that. So uh, it's definitely unique. I'm really excited about it. It's about four years of work, uh, finally here. Uh, so God. highly encourage you uh, to check it out. Uh, there's also a teacher's guide that is in full color uh, that has labs that go with each chapter uh, and um, microscopic slides and all types of things like that.
3: So First. speaking of uh, forensic science, if we have a young adult maybe listening in right now, what are some practical tips you would give to that person?
0: For somebody studying forensic mm-hmm. science, uh, I would definitely say that, you know, you understand what it is it is a historical science it is a science of the past right so understanding what that means and really just you know even when we read god's word we can clearly see you know a lot of people will question us and say well you know, you're saying there's no evidence for evolution, but you know, you're also saying there's no evidence for creation, right? You have no evidence to say that God's word is true. But we have the creator of the universe uh, who says his word is true and God's word is sufficient. And we don't need evidence to prove the Bible is true. Uh, the Bible's true from the very first verse um, all the way through the entire Bible to the book of Revelation. We can trust it. We can trust its account of origins. And I think that's the most important decision we can make in our life is, yes, God's word is true. Yes, we may not have all the answers, right, but we can trust what God's Word says, uh, and we can have confidence in that, and we stand on the only source of truth, mm-hmm. and and when we stand on truth, you know, we don't have to worry about any, I would say, objections that come towards us or accusations or challenges, uh, because we just have that peace of knowing that We have the creator of the universe on our side.
3: Amen. Yeah, there is no higher authority.
2: Yeah, absolutely. If people are interested in your book or more of our educational programs, where can they go to find that information?
0: So if you want to sign up for one of our amazing educational programs, Mm -hmm. I encourage you to go to our uh, Answers in Genesis website. You can go to creationmuseum.org or TheArkEncounter.org. Click on that education tab. Uh, That will take you to all the educational programs that we have by age level. Uh, Like I said, we also have off-site programs. We're going to the Galapagos Islands next year. We're very excited about that. That's our first time going there. We have a dinosaur dig next summer. Uh, So just I would say just a wide breadth of opportunities for people of all age levels to get equipped with God's Word and get to do some great science as well. Uh, If you're interested in the Forensic Science textbook, you can get that at mastersbooks.com. You can also get it on Amazon and on the Answers in Genesis org website
1: there you go so lots of resources for you to mm-hmm. check out some great encouragement as a reminder to continue standing on the authority of god's word in our hostile context and remembering that truth is on our side the facts that we do see in the world support a biblical worldview like what we've been talking about with observational and historical science so thanks so much for chatting with us today dr rivera and hope you guys are able to be encouraged by that meanwhile please keep standing on the truth of god's word with zero compromise see you guys later
3: god bless